Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Bob, seeing humor and hope in the Easter season, everybody. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Amen. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Actually, we haven't actually been in the same room like this for almost two years. It feels that way. Yeah. 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 You've been traveling around. I have. I I could play the game, where in the world is Father Dave Ivanka? But the answer is. Yeah, but only those, actually, I was going to say, only those who are watching would know we're in the same room. But my guess is there's a little bit of a different sound there. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) Father Dave isn't talking into a tin can this week. (laughs) It sounds pretty good. It's still better than that first mic you got. Yeah, and I just use the mic, the headphones, the little things that come with my phone. <laughs> right. So anyway. the cheap free headphones yes, were exactly better right. than the mic you bought. It had great reviews, though. Apparently, it did. It did. It had great <laughs> reviews. Happy Easter, everybody! Right, we man. hope you are. Uh, it's just basking Cheers. in Easter joy. And we are and, still and celebration. in celebration. That's one thing. I lo- we're still basking. I, I don't know how many times I say that's what I love about being Catholic. So I love being Catholic. Amen. Mm. But indeed, uh, you know, that's right, that we celebrate today as if it was Easter every day. Right. So the entire octave. So we just we just celebrate, which is rich is wonderful. How is it like the only thing I don't like about that morning prayer psalms? It's a little bit confusing getting around. It's kind of the same psalms every day. You're like, I I get it. I I must say the friar this morning had a little bit hard time getting around it. Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We won't name names, will we, Father Denny? But it was great. It was great. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. No, that is actually really cool. I mean, like going, you know, if you have the opportunity to go to daily mass, every mass is an Easter Sunday mass. Yeah. And I would also you sing the Gloria, sing the Gloria. You do the whole, you don't have two readings. No, right. right. You know, that's about the only difference, but everything no. else is full on Easter joy. And one of my favorite things talking about the liturgy of the hours, for those of you that own a copy of it, check out the office of readings this week. Because essentially, the Office of Readings this week is every awesome yeah. Easter homily ever given. Like, it's it's well, great that's a, because that's a stretch. not everyone, yours yet, everyone. not yours yet, you know, but that's in okay. the, the deuterocanonical Office of Readings. But like all these classic, beautiful yeah. Easter homilies, Augustine, Chrysostom, we talked in the last podcast, if you didn't check it out, check out the anonymous, uh, was that you, by the way, the anonymous one from Holy Saturday? You're, you're just too... What are you talking just too about? Humble. Just keep keep moving. Anyway, so uh, we talked last week about the Holy Saturday. Yes. Yeah, how great it was. So check out the Office of Readings if you're looking for some great um, spirituality, some great insight. It's just really an incredible week to be alive and to be Catholic. It is. And just, uh, you know, Octave of Easter is fantastic. Easter itself, the Easter Vigil, we had a beautiful service uh, on campus. It was just Honestly, it was just nice being together and celebrating. We were able to, you know, within maybe a little bit tighter than usual, uh, given the <laughs> pandemic, we just had a great, great um, student body, alumni, parents came back. Just How was a- the turnout? You know, normally at Franciscan, uh, we don't give the Thursday and the Monday off. It's usually just a Friday. Right, and right. I think Father Mike started that tradition back in the day. He wanted... Students Thursday, on campus for the Thursday, right? We right. did the Friday because or the one or Monday because of the whole pandemic and right. Break. We didn't have spring break, but so. you know, it was uh, the, the place was packed. We had because we've done some work in Christ King Chapel. We can do some live streaming there, so we had overflow in the chapel, and which we needed. I think, well, we had 916 seats or something like that. Yeah. And it was just a great, we had baptisms. It was just awesome. It was just yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Now you sang the Exalte. I did, and how sing did that the Exalte. Go? It was great. Yeah. I mean, um, 
it was one of those things that, you know, of course, two hours later, the vigil ends. Of course, two hours for us, three hours for you. Right, right. But um, yeah, it was really a beautiful experience. And, and for me, it was like, okay, this is the start of something I'm going to be doing. Yeah, you know, once yeah. I'm ordained, yeah, it's actually the, it's the role of the deacon. I did the short form because apparently that's what's encouraged for the, for lay folk doing it, okay. that, you know, to do the short form. Okay. Um, it was a, it was a real blessing, you know, and I shared this with you, Father Dave, but, um, you know, we had a situation with one of my kids that they had to go to the hospital <laughs> right before. Well, happy Easter. <laughs> happy you know, Easter, it's... right, with the family. Now, everything turned out okay. So, uh, you know, no no worries to listeners, though. Always pray for my family. We appreciate that. But it was, um, it was kind of nerve-wracking as, okay, my wife is heading to the emergency room, but you get up there and you sing the exalted. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was really making it, I mean, it was, it was beautiful in its own way. I was making it a prayer, you know, I was, you know, rejoice, let the, you know, the angels rejoice, let the building shake with joy, the lightning of God. Um, he's overcome death, yeah. uh, you know, the sin of Adam, just all that, all that beautiful stuff was actually a great consolation to me. I felt cool. maybe it's because I was in a more, I wasn't worried about the notes at that point. I was worried about my son yeah, and I was yeah. able to really pray it and just appreciate it in, in a deeper way. So there's a lot of levels, a lot of levels going on. Yeah. Just a side note on that. And it's something that was interesting. I learned it's something we talked about in seminary and that's, you're just, what you're talking about is maybe just give a glimpse into a life of ministry that, you know, you, you have to go do your ministry. You can't just not yep. do it. Right? right. And, and you've got other things that are going on. The same thing for a priest that in one meeting you can have dealing with somebody's funeral. And the next meeting is you're dealing with somebody's wedding or your own family's going through a great suffering and the yeah. people coming in are all excited and, and you have to reconcile that and wrestle with all that. And it's just, it's the, it's the life that we live is, is those involved in ministry. And obviously if my wife wasn't available to go, I would, I would have, have just said, it. I would have said, hey, I would have, I can't go. I'll go with to the hospital. I would have gone. I could have taken him. Oh, I totally could have. Well, actually, no, could there's have. no way. <laughs> yeah, but I would have liked to pray for you, which I did. I'd, so I wouldn't mind giving you the experience of experience of trying to sign a child into a hospital with all the insurance forms that need to be done. Oh, that's a story for another day because I did that with my nephew. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, which was in in out of town in New York, New Jersey. So wait, was that the one where you lost him on the subway? No, this was another one. Oh, you it's, got a lot a of wonder, stories. It's a wonder that they let my, <laughs> the kids travel with me. Upcoming podcast: that's Why right. Father Dave is not a parent. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, okay. So Easter morning, your family gets up, uh, just celebrate. Do you guys? It was weird. So we got, he got discharged from the hospital at like 1am in Pittsburgh. So our normal, um, our normal celebrations were a little bit off kilter. We were sleeping a bit. Um, but again, that was kind of fun. So we had the girls. Uh, so just for listeners at home, uh, I have seven kids. My youngest is seven. Where else would the listeners be? They could be on the run. Well, why do you just focus the people at home? Because if they're on the run, I want, I don't want them to get distracted from their gate. Anywho. Um, so the, uh, I've got a seven-year-old. My next, my next group are 13-year-olds. So the seven-year-old is still into, um, I don't know if he believes in the Easter, but I still, I still wrestle with what he thinks about anything. You know, like well, Easter Bunny. he watched Bunny. you hide everything. Well, no, he was asleep. Yeah, he did watch yeah. me hide those. those so yeah. He may have figured that part I'd out, I'd like Bob. to think he's he's going to come around and be like, this is all nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to be like, yeah. We had a funny thing when we got married. Um, I was very adamant about, we're not going to tell the kids like things like Santa Claus exists or anything. And my wife was very adamant, like, oh, no, we are. 
And of course she won. So then the caveat was, all right, I'll go along with this stuff until they ask me seriously, is this real? And then I'm going to, you know, sit him down and, and do that. I don't know. Did I ever tell you the story when that happened with John? So my oldest son, John, yeah, yes. he, um, he, uh, uh, he asked me like, is Santa Claus real? And I'm like, son, let's sit down and talk about it. So we sat down and we talked about it. We had a good conversation. He said, yeah, it makes sense to me. I didn't understand how somebody could like be everywhere around the globe at the same time. And I'm like, great. So we we're finishing up the conversation and everything's great. I'm thinking this worked out well. I'm such a great father. I'm such a great dad. And uh, so as we're standing up to leave, I said, so, you know, like, you know, no Santa, no Easter bunny, no tooth fairy. And he just had this look of horror on his face and he went, not the tooth fairy. And then he just like <laughs> sat back down. Like he was devastated. He's like, wait, wait, I get Santa Claus isn't real, but this other stuff. So anyway, this I wasn't one. exactly sure about the bunny stuff, but the do my, my daughters, um, did all the Easter baskets. Cause you know, Jenny was at the hospital and then right after the mass, I went to the hospital and essentially just got to pick them up and bring them home, which was great. I was worried we'd have to spend the night. And, uh, they did a great job, except they left all the price tags on everything. That's all right. <laughs> I, I think That's it's right. fine. Yeah, right. There was a that. family that there was- I want them to know how much we're spending. There was them. having that conversation with a child about it Easter. Wasn't much, by the way. About Easter Bunny and all that. And then uh, the kid said something like, oh, oh, that makes sense. And that whole Jesus rising from the dead thing, that's right. You know. And they go, no, <laughs> no, that happened. He's like- Wait, that doesn't sound real either. So <laughs> that's why you got to be careful with yeah, it because I, right. I want to like, yeah, you don't want them to just loop in the fantasy of some of these other yeah. holiday things with the reality of the of the risen Lord. But I think we did okay, and um, it was fun. We try to Easter. We try to get them. I mean, there's candy, obviously. What's your um, Easter but candy? Religious. Your we try Easter... to get them something religious. Okay, you, well, we don't care about that. We'll just well, move no, on. no, the whole religious thing. I, I just. So I was at a certain family's house yesterday for Easter, yours. Okay. And they had an Easter chocolate cross. And I'm thinking, I just don't know. Is Jesus is going to the cross. It's like, I hope they make this out of chocolate someday. They, they should have a chocolate Judas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just rip they his head just off. Eat it. Yeah, How that's, dare yeah. you? You know. That's, that's an option. That's an option. So what's your go-to Easter candy? I don't like candy. You know, I was, as I was driving down this morning, I was thinking we were going to talk about that. And I thought... I don't think he likes candy. <laughs> I don't. I have no sweet tooth. Yeah, yeah. I like chocolate chips, chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Yes. Yes. But just do. a few chips. And brownies. In it. I, I, yeah. I like brownies. Okay. Yeah, but really yeah. chocolate chip yeah. cookies with maybe three chips per cookie. Chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, actually, that sounds like a great idea. How about yourself? What about what, um, what Easter oh, uh, probably, candies? Yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups are always good. Those things are good. Um, have you had the Reese's eggs? Yes, I took a couple from your rice house. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I hear people like those. I've, I've heard students have said that it's a better proportion of peanut yeah, butter to yeah, chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't do the math, but. That's great. No, Easter morning was great. The friars, we. What was Easter morning like at the Pafanka household? Um, growing up, actually, Easter in some ways was. Um, I don't know if it's already a greater celebration, but we took Easter very, very seriously in our family and lots of family traditions. We would always go to the vigil together. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, after the vigil, we'd go out for dessert. Nice. Like a local village inn or something like that, a little family restaurant. And it was always part of the tradition and custom. And, and I must say, yesterday was kind of hard, you know, having lost my brother and Easter was very family or so there was this weird celebration but also kind of a sadness but but that is the paschal mystery you know yeah. that is the, and and the other thing i was saying to some friends that uh 
my brother had the best Easter ever, right? He's like, Dave, <laughs> this is Amen. so praise God. Yeah, this is so good. So yeah, but family. I had a conversation with my some of my family members yesterday, and my little brother's a Gonzaga fan, so he's just oh, that was quite a yeah, game. Oh my goodness, what a finish! And it was happening during the vigil, during the vigil. So <laughs> you know, my little brother said, "I was trying to get a hold of you." It's like, yeah, I had something going on, right? Yeah, so it was great. No, but it was it was a great. And the friars in the morning, uh, we had morning prayer. One of the friars made breakfast for everybody, and it was nice because it was a later mass. So we just sat around and had coffee together, yeah. and it was a really. And the chapel is beautiful. I think it was Father Brian who decorated the chapel. Uh, it was just beautiful. So yeah, it was great. A oh. great Easter going on so far. Praise God. Well, something else that's a wonderful sign of hope are our summer conferences. We've mentioned them before, but I want to specifically promote our summer youth conferences. Um, the theme of the youth conferences this year is Restore Us, O God. Let thy face let thy face shine that we may be saved. It's from Psalm 80. And that's the theme for the conferences, restored. And actually, what's kind of cool about that, you might think, ooh, restored. What a wonderful theme coming out of we COVID. It. We had that was actually supposed to be the theme of last summer's conference for the youth conferences. And it was like the Lord giving a prophetic word. Right. So as we thought, well, what should we do 2021? It's like, let's just stick with what we were gonna say. That is the exact thing that we need to be saying this upcoming summer. So bring yourself, sons or daughters, parish youth group to one of our five Catholic youth conferences on campus this summer at Franciscan University of Steubenville. I'll be leading, um, actually, John Paul will be leading the worship. Yeah, yeah. John Paul Von Arx, he'll do a great job with that. Or head to one of the 18 regional youth conferences at sites across North America. Are and you I think doing I'll, a couple of them? Yeah, I'm going I'm going to do one on campus. I'm going to do one in St. Louis as well. I'm doing one on campus. Is it, are we at the same one? Is it the first one? Uh, no. Then no. I don't know if it's the first one. Do you even know what your summer schedule is? Nope. Then why'd you ask me? I thought you might know. <laughs> What your schedule was. That's how, you're not wrong. That's sometimes I have. You know, I've been involved with the youth conferences as a musician and a speaker for many years. So have I. And I've witnessed you and I, firsthand. Buddy. I know, but I'm, you didn't, you're not reading the promo. Go to studentbookconferences.com for details on the Studentville Youth Conferences. This That's studentbookconferences.com. This is horrible. You're, you're horrible at that. Praise be Jesus Christ. Okay, so Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, Divine Mercy. Ah. Uh, okay, so, which is which is wonderful, but you know what? That's a Regis I, Martin sound. Divine Mercy. You know, when I think of Divine Mercy, particularly in the last many years. You made years, Regis sound like Yoda dying. It's a gift. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I can't think of Divine Mercy without thinking of John Paul. Yeah. And, and obviously his anniversary of death was on Good Friday. Correct. Yeah. Good Friday. Cause it's second. Mm -hmm. um, so in the divine mercy, it was, it was crazy. So I'm going over to Austria, um, 2005, did I, 2005 or 2006? Around there, 2005. Yeah. It had been uh, April of 2005. So I'm in the airport and in every television, it's about John Paul and, and that he's sick. And my mother texted me and she goes, I just know you're going to be in Europe when John Paul dies. So he dies the morning that I arrived. So I was able to go to Rome and, and be with the Holy Father. They, wow. had, they had laid him in state in, in St. Peter's and a couple of, we got a couple of buses and just went. We said, we didn't know any details. We just said, we're just going to go to Rome. And I'll tell you, it was one of the, one of the most beautiful experiences. And it was just so provide, uh, pr 
providential that when we got there, everything just kind of opened up and we were one of the first groups to be able, if we would have gotten to Rome like two hours later, we would have had to wait in line for 16 hours or something like that. But it was like hour and a half, two hours. And I've walked into St. Peter's many times, but to walk into St. Peter's and lying in front of the main altar was the Holy Father. And the the moving thing was funny because I wanted to kind of stay there and pray, but there were really moving people around. It's like, well, you know, it doesn't matter if, if I'm a priest. It's like, no, not at all. You <laughs> not know? in Rome, buddy. There's, right, <laughs> right, right, right. So I tried to weasel my way in. Long story, one of the, the Swiss guards had to pull me by my neck and get me out of there. But Did you get tased? Well, no, but I, that's a longer story for another day. Just remind <laughs> me to tell. But the thing is, is honestly, for me personally, um, as the Holy Father was lying in state to give him my blessing, I don't know, there was something just really mm. moving for me because he's the Pope that I knew most of my life. You know, I was in seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade when he was elected. And and to give him my blessing, having received his blessing so many times was just a really powerful moment. So thinking of, of divine mercy always brings me back. Obviously, he was yeah. central to the Holy Father as well, but just to his death and and being able to be there at that time was really such a great, great blessing for me. Yeah, his pontificate, I mean, is just an incredible, it's incredible in the life of the church. I get the um, opportunity to, te- to teach a course in church history. I love teaching, particularly if I don't know the subject very well going into it, because I learn yeah. more than, than students do. You know, they say if you... You know, the, the best way of learning is teaching. Yeah. And um, looking at the history of the pontificate gives you an even better perspective of just how significant St. John Paul II was. I mean, not just in length, I believe he's the fourth Something longest like yeah. uh, pontificate in the history of uh, the papacy, which is massive. The first non-Italian uh, Pope in a good 500 years, you know, so that was a that was a significant shift. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his travel, his passion for evangelization, uh, it was said that if you add up all the miles, uh, St. John Paul II. He had great status. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, he, yeah he was yeah, like a super he, platinum yeah, that's premier. Right, that's right. Yeah, he was getting in the sky club. Yeah. Let's just put it that he way. He got upgraded all the time. He could have gone from the earth to the moon to the earth and back to the moon. That's how, that's how much he traveled and he desired to bring Christ to everybody. I mean, that was really his passion, mm-hmm. you know, was to, Do you remember he, the first he time lived you saw out him? the second Vatican council. Do you remember the first time you saw him? Yeah. Well, I mean, in person, Yeah. I, it was World Youth Day in okay. year 2000. In Rome. Okay. In Rome. Yeah. Was that, I mean, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> and we I were just, together for had, that. <laughs> I know. I just had PTSD from that. Wow. Us and, yes. and three million people. Yes. It was a very intimate yeah, that was before social distancing. Let's put it that way. Yes, that was. Oh my so goodness! Was. But that was amazing for me. You know, I didn't. I actually, uh, I haven't had much chance to go to Rome. I think I've, I've only been to Rome twice. I went to Rome on my honeymoon, kind of and then I went to Rome for the for the jubilee. So uh, I'm not as I'm not as well traveled as sometimes people think I am. Well, I'm well traveled in terms of like, you know, playing a high school gymnasium in Toledo. Well traveled, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not like. Uh, you know, getting, you know, globe trotting and seeing really cool things. So hopefully, you know, if that's what the Lord has for me, that would be kind of fun. To I remember do more the, of that, the first time, I think the first time I saw the Holy Father was in 95. I was a deacon uh, and it was in Orioles Park in Baltimore, back to baseball. We never go that far from baseball. Mm. Uh, but it's funny though, the, the first thing I was struck by was when he started the mass 
and this is obvious, but he started in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I thought you were going to say play ball. No, no, I, yeah, that's a good one. I should have thought of that. But it doesn't. If you're if you're the Pope, if you're the priest who's been a priest for fifty years, or for the first day, we always begin in the name of the Father. And there was just something yeah, really moving about about that. So, but do you, I'm going to ask you your favorite quote, and it may not be your favorite quote of of John Paul, but it's the one that you often mention from the his document on catechesis. Oh, yes. Which it, is, it is my favorite okay, quote. Okay, okay, share that, because I just think that's such a beautiful th- quote and also something for us to keep in mind. Yeah, it's, uh, and I remember I, I fell into a catechetics class as a master's student, and I wasn't very interested into it. It fit the schedule. It was more about scripture, and at the time, I didn't really understand what catechesis was or have any interest in pursuing a career in it. Um, and then I heard this quote from St. John Paul II. He said, the definitive aim of catechesis is to put people not only in touch with, but in communion, in intimacy with Jesus Christ. And that hit me like a lightning bolt. I mean, I, I mean, I was like, I was sitting at a desk and I was, and I was say that again, like, what is that? And it completely changed my perspective. And in many ways, completely changed the trajectory of my life. You know, now here I am a professor of catechetics. That's what I have a doctorate in, but I keep coming back to that. And as I teach people about what is it, what does it mean to be a catechist? It's about intimacy with Jesus Christ, which is. And and what I loved about that is that, and it's, and it's really what the Holy Father said about a Catholic university should be faith and reason that, Uh that, that catechesis is not merely an intellectual exercise. It's something that ought to uh, move the heart as well, and then move us to intimacy with Jesus. And and a danger is just that, is we just make learning just this intellectual, but education, good formative education is going to engage the heart and going to engage the mind. And that's what what I think Pope John Paul did so well. I mean, he was a great intellectual. Yes. And he, and he also really captured the imagination and the heart of the individual. So I thought that was, that's the, when I think of you and John Paul, that's the quote I think I probably Yeah, well, that's what to. I think. And, you know, it's, there's a beautiful connection there. Sometimes people don't realize it with um, St. Paul VI. Um, that particular document was written, uh, the synod about catechesis was done under St. Paul VI, and he passed away. So uh, I think... Catechesi Tridendi was, was his first, it was a year into his pontificate that, no, I think it was his first exhortation. It wasn't his first encyclical, Um, but it was his first exhortation and essentially was building from what Paul VI had laid from um, Evangelii Annunciandi and even John Paul's name. I mean, it's so beautiful. Like he, he just desired to keep a continuity. I mean, uh, you know, the, the previous Pope that was only alive for 30 days, took his name after John the 23rd and Paul the 6th. So he called him John Paul. And then when, you know, Carol Wojtyla is elected as Pope, he just says, I'll just be John Paul two, you know, I mean, also just, or two. Um, I think it's, I think in, in Latin it's as well. Okay. You know, that, that went over a lot of people's head right there, but that's okay. <laughs> I think it technically is John Paul II, The Wrath of Khan. The Wrath of Khan. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So uh, have a great divine mercy. And, and our and, younger uh, listeners might not realize that it was John Paul II who instituted the Feast of Divine Mercy. Well, and that's fairly new, right? That's a good point. Yeah. That we did not grow up with the Feast of no. Divine Mercy. That's a relatively new. Was that a Jubilee gift? It was around there, I think. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. This is one of those things we should have researched before we did the podcast. Mm, think <laughs> we should have gone through that. Okay. So here's the other thing in, in, do we have, I know that we don't have a 
plugged. No emails that we need to necessarily. I think share everybody was just celebrating Easter. That's probably what exactly what it was. Do you know? I must say, um, I was pleased and moderately shocked uh, during the vigil. The number of parents who came up to me and because the first time we'd seen some of them. Thank the Lord they're able to wel- be welcome back. But they said, you know, Father Dave, we love you guys by podcast and we listen to it every Wednesday. And wow. I was really struck by the number of couples. I don't want to make this sound like number like there were dozens. All right. <laughs> Both of them. But there was there was more than both there, couples. There was, like than, there was more than three couples that came up. But they said they do it together. They said they listen to it together and then mm. just chat a little bit about it. And that's great. And, and I said to them what I say all the time is, listen. Bob and I are enjoying doing it. If anybody else likes it. <laughs> Amen. That's Praise great. God. That's great. It's a little weird that they did that during the vigil. I might've said like, can you wait until mass is over and then we can talk about it? Do you really think that's what I meant? I'm just paying attention to what you say. I hang on every word. You're going to hang all right. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, Where do you I, go from there? <laughs> I took a drink of coffee. <laughs> Let's go back to the... The Judas is a chocolate. Bar. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have a, we don't have plugs. So if anybody needs us to plug something, mm-hmm. and because we must say that we are pretty much influencers, we are influencers, so, and especially if you do the Dave and Bob discount, that's right. We will that's get right. Very, yeah. Why don't we actually just plug monkmanual.com <laughs> that's right. and catholicbeardbomb.com, right. both of which you can do Dave and Bob as a discount. We, we have a new one, Qantas Airlines. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, to tri- get your trip to Qantas, put in Dave and Bob and see what that gets you. Amen. That's awesome. All right. So the other thing we we're going to talk about was the Holy Father's- Herbie uh, at Herbie. Yep. Yeah. Do you remember if I say Herbie, what comes to your mind? Um, love bug. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. We've just dated ourselves. Well, actually, I was thinking what you would think of. I was thinking of the robot in Fantastic Four, but I figured you were thinking of that's the, so great. The that's love so bug. great. How well we know each other. Yeah. Yeah. So the Holy Father's uh, message to the world, message to the city, technically, but to the world, uh, was one of hope. And there was a couple of lines like he wrote it specifically for us. Yes. One of the lines. I bet he, said, he listens to the podcast. Or I'm. He's got to. Sure he does. He's got to. Why wouldn't he? Right. Makes sense. But the Holy Father said in his, his, again, it's a statement that he gives, a little uh, talk he gives every Easter. He says, the Easter message speaks concisely of the event that gives us the hope that does not disappoint. I mean, that came straight from our podcast, Bob. Amen. I mean, straight from it. Hope does not disappoint. I mean, that is. I know. And then he goes on, he talks about Jesus. And who do we always talk about? Jesus. Jesus. So basically, we wrote this. But he says, uh, all right, the Easter message speaks concisely of the event that gives us the hope that does not disappoint. Jesus, who was crucified, is risen. It speaks to us not about, this is really cool. It speaks to us not about angels or ghosts, but about a man, a man of flesh and bone with a face and a name, Jesus. Amen. I just thought that was so, so beautiful. In fact, you're the one who said, Dave, Dave, you need to, you need to look at this because the Pope's talking about hope and he's listening to our podcast. (laughs) We thought we were actually get like a translation and make it sound like he said something about, I love Father yeah. Dave's podcast. Wow. And then I'd say, Pope where Francis am I? Talks a, yeah. sounds a lot like John Paul. <laughs> he does. I only do one papal imitation. Yeah. I had him for my whole life. Something I loved about his message. One of the things that's so beautiful about uh, Pope Francis is he's so specific. Like he clearly... You know, I, I believe he really lives what he says, and he has such a heart for the marginalized, such a heart for the poor, and so much of his address is just trying to speak 
no, he's very specific. Individual Countries. groups of people. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he spoke to young people. He said the the risen Jesus is also hope for all those young people forced to go long periods without attending school or yeah. university yeah. or spending time with their friends. Experiencing real human relationships, not just virtual relationships, is something that everyone needs, especially at an age when a person's character and personality is being formed. And um, and he said, he said specifically, we realized this clearly last Friday in the Stations of the Cross composed by children. He had yeah. this beautiful ceremony, and a lot of the children were talking about being isolated right, and not being right. able to play with their friends. and. You know, it's always just, um, I mean, it's very much written in the context of a pandemic. Many well, of us wish w- it wasn't happening, yeah. but it well, is, and it's different end, for other end, To that people. end, here's yeah. a quote from the document as well. The risen Christ is the hope to all who continue to suffer from the pandemic. Yeah, amen. That's what he does. He's taking a look at different themes and different areas in the world. And he says, this is why you should have hope. And this is why you should have hope. Yeah. But you are absolutely right that, that Pope Francis always is about connecting it to the person. Yeah. You know, the person who's suffering, the person who's disenfranchised, the person who's, if, if I'll, you'll say something for Pope Francis and that he's, he's very consistent. Yes. You know, it's about Christ. It's about an encounter with Christ and it's about reaching out to the marginalized. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, document on hope, one of the things that he talked about was, and it's what we've shared with no matter what our circumstances, he, he spoke about Iraq, you know, the right. people of Iraq, hoping the grace that would come about from that. So I just, I love the fact that he, he was always speaking into the individual. So you can read that document and you can, everybody can find something that says, oh, this is speaking to me or this is speaking right. to me. The other thing I like is the church is one of the best communication things in the world. I mean, mm. he says this and within an hour Everyone in the world yeah. has access to this. Yeah, it's so great. I mean, I, you know, watching the news and everybody's putting a clip of something that Pope Francis said, depending on the news source, it's a different thing that Pope Francis said. Amen <laughs> but to that. Um, Amen yeah, to that. it is such a, it's such a gift. It's, you know, I think the papacy and the church is similar to, well, it's the, it's, it's the living Christ, right? It's the body of Christ. And you can distort it, but you can't ignore it. Like mm-hmm. you can't pretend it's not there. You have to reckon with it somehow. Um, you can, you know, blaspheme it or praise it or do whatever, but it's it's there. Yeah, you yeah. know, it, it is absolutely present. And you have to pay attention to it. And you have to pay yeah. attention to yeah. it. And that's Christ in our midst as well. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think, what is such a beautiful, um, you know, part of this season of the the resurrection of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus, you know, as, as we celebrate that this Sunday, uh, you know, Thomas, you know, touching the side of Christ and... I always wondered, like, where was Thomas that day? Like, mm-hmm. was he out getting pizza or groceries? Like, you know, I mean. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably yeah, not. Yeah. But, you know, again, if if God, if Jesus wanted him there, he would have been there, right? Mm-hmm. So God had a plan and a purpose. What a long week this must have been for Thomas, mm-hmm. right? Like he, well, everybody else, the other 10 see the risen Lord and they're trying to convince Thomas no, no, we're not, we're not kidding with you. We're no, no, I, we, sw- you know, we promise we swear. And, you know, I think sometimes he gets a bad rap of being a doubting Thomas. Yeah, for, the, for all of your days, you're defined by what you did messed up. In right. Minutes, but like, how would you, how would you believe that? Like, I mean, I totally get, you know, this, this will, why would I believe such a, you know, if you, you know, and I think if the other 10 hadn't seen Jesus, they would have been in the exact same boat. You know, they sure. would have been like, no way this happened. So this whole week of badgering of, you know, no, really Thomas, no, we promise. No, it, it's real. No, trust us. And then the next, the next Sunday, 
Jesus appears. And, you know, I feel that some way, sometimes in terms of evangelization with the spirit or without the spirit, like you can't convince people that God is real, that God is present. God has to show up. And in some ways, you know, I can think of, you know, family members or people in my life that I've tried so hard to convince and nothing happens, but then the Lord comes through that door and the Lord shows up with his mercy. And that is, uh, that's the work of the spirit when conversion really happens. Amen. Both fees. I mean, Easter says hope written all over it. It's Divine Mercy Sunday, hope written all over it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, we ask the Lord's blessing on all those who are celebrating the octave of Easter with us, that they would know the grace, the blessing, the power that is in the resurrection, and that we continue to live in the hope of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father Dave. Have a good week, Bob. Thanks, you too. Happy Easter, everybody. Many blessings. We're praying for you. We're grateful for you listening. And please share with us your stories of hope at franciscan.edu. That's our website. Hope at franciscan.edu is the email. God bless. Nailed it. (laughs) 